0: Breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out. This is the rhythm of the universe. A constant and eternal inhalation and exhalation. Contraction and expansion. Retreat and advance. The wave crashes upon the shore and then withdraws back into the sea. a dying star implodes as a supernova explodes. A toddler careens about the yard, then hides behind a parent's leg. An endless cycle of smallness and greatness, density and spaciousness. But sometimes the rhythm is interrupted, the cycle is jammed, fear, pain, loss stop the breath and we become stuck in contraction, fixed in conviction, frozen in cold certainty the continuous cleansing exchange of destruction and generation, wounding and healing, offense and forgiveness comes to a halt. Anger congeals as hatred. Resentment roils into vengeance. Mistrust metastasizes into mayhem. Then arise the great infamies of history, blood feud, massacre, crusade, pogrom, apartheid, genocide. The great heroes of history are those who stop the cycle of violence and restore the cycle of forgiveness. Mohandas Gandhi in South Africa and India. Martin Luther King Jr. in the United States. Nelson Mandela in South Africa. Betty Williams in Northern Ireland. Immaculée Ilibagiza in Rwanda. Aung San Suu Kyi in Burma. Tina Cherry is one of these heroes. Twenty years ago, her life was shattered when her 15-year-old son, Louis, was killed by a stray bullet from a gunfight on Geneva Avenue in Dorchester. When other parents might have retreated into bitterness or cried out for revenge, Tina Cherry transformed her grief into devotion, dedicating her life to turning a culture of violence into a culture of peace. I now invite Standing Committee Chair Chris McElroy and Social Justice Chair Marsha Hams to present Tina Cherry with our Courageous Love Award. And Tina, please come forward. Thank you. Tina, please come.
1: Thank you. Good morning. It is truly an honor to be here once again, and this time even a greater honor to be the recipients um, of the Courageous Love Award. Hearing all those amazing heroes and leaders, I really turned around and wonder who is he talking about. You don't see yourself and you don't look to be, acknowledged a hero, yet when you're called by God to do his work, one or two things, we can disobey or we can obey. And there are consequences to both. I've experienced both consequences when I disobeyed, and I realize it's easier to obey because things happen. Lewis wanted to be the nation's first black president, but yet he couldn't understand why adults were always blaming the young people. They didn't vote. They didn't make the laws. Yet, every time violence erupted on our city streets, the young people were to blame. And Lewis was very concerned about the ongoing violence. He was so concerned about it that he, at age 35, he was going to be in the White House. And if things didn't change, he feared that he would have to lead his administration with the same old blood, meaning the adults. We say one thing and we do something different. He was concerned that if things didn't change, his friends would be either addicted to drugs, dead or in jail, and he would have to rule on his own. I always tell people when Lewis was killed is when I woke up. I attend mass every Sunday, St. Ambrose Parish in Dorchester. I donated to the needy. I was a stay-at-home mom. My friends would call me an inner-city wannabe, suburban mom. Figure that out, a black woman in the inner city staying at home while her husband went to work. It just doesn't jive. Yet, I needed to be home for when Lewis came home from school so that he would come home to a warm body and a hot meal after school. So when he was killed, there were two things that I could do. I could retreat, I could have moved away, or I could stay, and we decided to stay. And the best thing that we could do, not looking to stop the violence, that's not a power that I claim to do, but instead looking of creating and promoting peace. So the Peace Institute was birth to serve as a center of teaching, healing, and learning, and really to do three things. Develop and teach peace to young people in schools, teaching the value of peace through literature and community service learning, from kindergarten to high school. Two, to serve families impacted by violence and at the same time serving those whose loved ones have committed the violence. And three, to train providers, law enforcement, higher learning institutions, and faith communities on working and serving Families and communities impacted by trauma, murder, grief, and loss. Our work is guided by seven core principles. Love, unity, faith, hope, courage, justice, and that big F word, not that one, forgiveness. You see, our foundation is peace. We believe that peace is possible in the midst of the ongoing violence that you hear. Peace in the beginning, peace in the end, and peace in the middle. Seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 365 days out of the year. It is possible, and we have to believe it. There's a lot of advertisement on the violence. We must do the same and begin to advertise and to promote peace. And it cannot be done alone. The faith community has played an immense role in my journey towards peace. You see, I was baptized Methodist. I practiced Catholicism all of my life. I found joy at a temple. And I enjoy a good Baptist revival. So like the UU community, I embrace all types. I fit everywhere. I'm not searching, I have my home, yet understanding that if it is about God's peace, we have no right to choose who we travel this journey with. I want to invite you to join us on Mother's Day, 17th annual Mother's Day Walk for Peace. I've heard you already have your team signed up, yes, so we're looking forward to really welcome you once again with the larger community, with the larger faith community, and saying that peace is possible, and sharing that within communities, the principle of unity is alive and well in the urban setting. Now, I wanna close just sharing one personal story. When we talk about peace, and when we talk about this concept of forgiveness, I've never uttered those words. Those words never came out of my mouth saying, I forgive, yet my actions speak that. The young man who's in jail for killing my son is on parole, and he is being released. He served his dues to society, but we know society, we're not really equipped to support and guide those who have gone to prison, yet he is coming out. A part of that journey at the Peace Institute, personal and professional, we decided not to oppose his parole. Not only not to oppose his parole, but we decided to bring his family and his friends together to really create a support network where they are in a position to work with all of the prison ministries and the re-entry programs to make sure that... There's a smooth and safe reentry and a continuum for his success because he is on parole for life. So that's a commitment that we must make for life because two things can happen his enemies are still there. Whoever he was trying to shoot that day, they are still there. And what are we going to do? So I thank you. I thank the First Parish in Cambridge for embracing us, for once again opening your doors to us. And I look forward to walking with you on Sunday, Mother's Day. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Tina. I'd like to clarify that although a number of us have uh, already signed up to walk on Mother's Day, this team is not like a a basketball team or a football team where there are only so many people and then you're not on the team. It's not that kind of a team. It's a team where everybody who signs up is on the team uh, and you can still do it. I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to be there uh, on that Sunday morning, and we will make sure that everyone can f- participate and be back here by 10.30 for our worship uh, that morning. So uh, uh, what's, what's the uh, URL of, the, of your website? Uh, Mother's Day Walk 4, numeral 4. Mother's Mothersdaywalk4peace.org. Right, you can go and sign up there. And I think we have uh, sign-up forms afterwards.